0: Section 5, Volume 5, of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 5. THREE HUNDRED AND SEVENTY-THIRD NIGHT TO THREE HUNDRED AND SEVENTY-SIXTH NIGHT When it was the three hundred and seventy-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir, after recounting the affair of his daughter, asked his wife, What deemest thou should be done? And she answered, Have patience whilst I pray the prayer for right direction so she prayed a two-bow prayer according to the prophetic ordinance for seeking divine guidance after which she said to her husband in the midst of the sea of treasures standeth a mountain named the mount of the bereaved mother the cause of which being so called shall presently follow in its place in salah and thither can none have access save with pains and difficulty and distress do thou make that same her abiding-place accordingly the minister and his wife agreed to build on that mountain a virgin castle and lodge their daughter therein with the necessary provision to be renewed year by year and attendants to cheer and to serve her accordingly he collected carpenters builders and architects and dispatched them to the mountain where they builded her an impregnable castle never saw eyes the like thereof then he made ready vivers and carriage for the journey and going in to his daughter by night bade her prepare to set out on a pleasure excursion thereupon her heart presaged the sorrows of separation and when she went forth and saw the preparations for the journey she wept with sore weeping and wrote that upon the door which might acquaint her lover with what had passed and with the transports of passion and grief that were upon her transports such as would make the flesh to shiver and hair to stare and melt the hardy stone with care and tear from every eye a tear and what she wrote were these couplets by allah o thou house if my beloved a morn go by and greet with signs and signals lovers ever is wont to fly i pray thee." give him our salams in pure and fragrant guise for he indeed may never know where we this eve shall lie i wot not whither they have fared thus bearing us afar at speed and lightly quipped the lighter from one loved to fly whence darkens night the birds in brake or branches snugly perched wail for our sorrow and announce our hapless destiny the tongue of their condition saith alas alas for woe and heavy brunt of parting blow to lovers must abide when viewed i separation cups were filled to the brim and us with merest sorrow wine fate came so fast to ply i mixed them with becoming share of patience self to excuse but patience for the loss of you her solace doth refuse now when she ended her lines she mounted and they set forward with her crossing and cutting over wold and wild and riant dale and rugged hill till they came to the shore of the sea of treasures here they pitched their tents and built her a great ship wherein they went down with her and her suite and carried them over to the mountain the minister had ordered them on reaching the journey's end to set her in the castle and to make their way back to the shore where they were to break up the vessel. So they did his bidding and returned home weeping over what had befallen such was their case but as regards uns al wujud he arose from sleep and prayed the dawn prayer after which he took horse and rode forth to attend upon the sultan. On his way he passed by the wazir's house, thinking, perchance, to see some of his followers as a want, but he saw no one, and looking upon the door he read written thereon the verses aforesaid. At this sight his senses failed him. Fire was kindled in his vitals, and he returned to his lodging, where he passed the day in trouble and transports of grief without finding ease or patience till night darkened upon him when his yearning and love-longing redoubled thereupon by way of concealment he disguised himself in the ragged garb of a fakir and set out wandering at random through the glooms of night distracted and knowing not whither he went so he wandered on all that night and next day till the heat of the sun waxed fierce, and the mountains flamed like fire, and thirst was grievous upon him. Presently he spied a tree by whose side was a thin thread of running water, so he made towards it, and sitting down in the shade on the bank of the rivulet, essayed to drink, but found that the water had no taste in his mouth, and, indeed, his color had changed, and his face had yellowed. And his feet were swollen with travel and travail so he shed copious tears and repeated these couplets the lover is drunken with love of friend on a longing that groweth his joys depend love distracted ardent bewildered lost from home nor may food aught of pleasure lend how can life be delightsome to one in love and from lover parted where strange unkent i melt with the fire of my pine for them and the tears down my cheek in a stream descend shall i see them say me or one that comes from the camp who the afflicted heart shall tend and after thus reciting he wept till he wetted the hard dry ground but anon without loss of time he rose and fared on again over waste and wold till there came out upon him a lion with a neck buried in tangled mane a head the bigness of a dome a mouth wider than the door thereof and teeth like elephants tusks now when uns saw him he gave himself up for lost and turning towards the temple of mecca pronounced the professions of the faith and prepared for death He had read in books that whoso will flatter the lion beguileth him for that he is readily duped by smooth speech and gentled by being glorified so he began and said o lion of the forest o lord of the waste o terrible leo o father of fighters o sultan of wild beasts behold i am a lover in longing whom passion and severance have been wronging since i parted from my dear i have lost my reasoning gear wherefore to my speech do thou give ear and have wrath on my passion and hope and fear when the lion heard this he drew back from him and sitting down on his hind quarters raised his head to him and began to frisk tail and paws which, when Uns wujud saw, he recited these couplets. Lion of the wold, wilt thou murder me, ere I meet her who doomed me to slavery? I am not game, and I bear no fat, for the loss of my love makes me sickness tree, and estrangement from her hath so worn me down. I am like a shape in a shroud we see. O thou sire of spoils! O thou lion of war, give not my pains to the blamers' gree. I burn with love, I am drowned in tears, for a parting from lover's sore misery, and my thoughts of her in the murk of night, for love hath made my being unbe. As he had finished his lines, the lion rose. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and seventy-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, o auspicious king, that, as Uns ended his lines, the lion arose and stalked slowly up to him, with eyes tear-railing, and licked him with his tongue, then walked on before him, signing to him as though saying, Follow me so he followed him and the beast ceased not leading him on for a while till he brought him up a mountain and guided him to the farther side where he came upon the track of a caravan over the desert and knew it to be that of rosen hood and her company then he took the trail and when the lion saw that he knew the track for that of the party which escorted her he turned back and went his way whilst uns al walked along the footmarks day and night till they brought him to a dashing sea swollen with clashing surge the trail led down to the sandy shore and there broke off whereby he knew that they had taken ship and had continued their journey by water so he lost hope of finding his lover and with hot tears he repeated these couplets far is the fain and patience faileth me how can i seek them o'er the abysmal sea or how be patient when my vitals burn for love of them and sleep waxed insomny since the sad day they left the home and fled my heart's consumed by love's ardency Sion, jion euphrates like my tears make flood no deluged rain its like can see. Mine eyelids chaffed with running tears remain, my heart from fiery sparks is never free. The hosts of love and longing pressed me, and made the hosts of patience break and flee. I've risked my life too freely for their love, and risk of life the least of ills shall be allah never punish i that saw those charms enshrined and passing full moon's brilliancy i found me felled by fair wide opened eyes which pierced my heart with stringless archery and soft lithe swaying shape enraptured me as sway the branches of the willow tree with them i covet union that i win o'er love pains cark and care A mastery for love of them i mourn and eve i pine and doubt all came to me from evil and when his lines were ended he wept till he swooned away and abode in his swoon a long while but as soon as he came to himself he looked right and left and seeing no one in the desert he became fearful of the wild beasts so he climbed to the top of a high mountain where he heard the voice of a son of Adam speaking within a cave. He listened and lo they were the accents of a devotee who had forsworn the world and given himself up to pious works and worship. He knocked thrice at the cavern door but the hermit made him no answer neither came forth to him wherefore he groaned aloud and recited these couplets. What pathway find I my desire to obtain, How scape from care and cark And pain and bane? All terrors join to make me old and whole, Of head and heart ere youth from me is tain, Nor find I any aid in my passion, Nor a friend to lighten load of bane and pain. How great and many troubles I've endured, Fortune hath turned her back, i see unfeign a mercy mercy on the lover's heart doomed cup of parting and desertion drain a fire is in his heart his vitals waste and severance made his reason vainest vain how dread the day i came to her abode and saw the writ they wrote on doorway lane i wept till gave i earth to drink my grief but still, to near and far, I did but fain then stray'ed I till in waste a lion sprang on me, and but for flattering words had slain, I soothed him, so he spared me, and lent me aid. He too might haply of love's taste complain, O devotee that idlest in thy cave, me seems eke thou hast learned love's might and main but if at end of woes with them i league, straight i'll forget all suffering and fatigue hardly had he made an end of these verses when behold the door of the cavern opened and he heard one say alas the pity of it so he entered and saluted the devotee who returned his salam and asked him what is thy name answered the young man uns al wujud and what caused thee to come hither quoth the hermit so he told him his story in its entirety omitting not of his misfortunes whereat he wept and said o uns al these twenty years have i passed in this place but never beheld i any man here until yesterday when i heard a noise of weeping and lamentation and looking forth in the direction of the sound so many people and tents pitched on the seashore, and the party at once proceeded to build a ship, in which certain of them embarked, and sailed over the waters. Then some of the crew returned with the ship, and breaking it up, went their way, and I suspect that those who embarked in the ship and returned not, are they whom thou seekest. In that case, O Un thy grief must needs be great and sore, and thou art excusable, though never yet was lover but suffered love-longing. Then he recited these couplets. Hunsall dost dost deem me fancy free, when pine and longing slay and quicken me. I've known love and yearning from the years, since mother-milk I drank nor ever was free long struggled i with love till learned his smite ask thou of him he'll tell with willing gree love sick and pining drank i passion cup and well nigh perished in mine agony strong was i but my strength to weakness turned and i sore break through patience armory hope not to win love joys without annoy contrary ever links with contrary but fear not change from lover true be true unto thy wish some day thine own twill be love hath forbidden to his votaries relinquishment as deadliest heresy the aramit having ended his verse rose and coming up to uns al wujud embraced him and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the three hundred and seventy-fifth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the eremit having ended his verse rose and coming up to uns al wujud embraced him and they wept together till the hills rang with their cries and they fell down fainting when they revived they swore brotherhood in allah almighty after which said uns al this very night will i pray to god and seek of him direction anent what thou shouldst do to attain thy desire thus it was with them but as regards rose in hood when they brought her to the mountain and set her in the castle and she beheld its ordering she wept and exclaimed by allah thou art a goodly place save that thou lackest in thee the presence of the beloved then seeing birds in the island she bade her people set snares for them and put all they caught in cages within the castle and they did so but she sat at a lattice and bethought her of what had passed and desire and passion and distraction redoubled upon her till she burst into tears and repeated these couplets oh to whom now of my desire complaining sore shall i bewail my parting from my fair compelled thus to fly flames rage within what underlies my ribs yet hide them i in deepest secret reading i the jealous hostile spy i'm grown as lean attenuate as any pick of tooth my sore estrangement absence ardour ceaseless sob and sigh where is the eye of my beloved to see how i'm become like trees stripped bare of leafage left to linger and to die they tyrannized over me whom they confined in place whereto the lover of my heart may never draw him nigh I beg the sun for me to give greetings a thousandfold, At time of rising, and again when setting from the sky. To the beloved one who shames a full moon's loveliness, When shows that slender form that doth the willow branch outwye. If Rose herself would even with his cheek, I say of her, Thou art not like it if to me my portion thou deny. His honey-dew of lips is like the grateful water-draft, Would cool me when a fire in heart Upflameth fierce and high. How shall I give him up, Who is my heart and soul of me, My malady, my wasting cause, My love, so leech of me? Then, as the glooms of night closed around her, her yearning increased and she called to mind the past and recited also these couplets tis dark my transport and unease now gather might and main and love desire provoketh me to wake my wonted pain the pang of parting takes for ever place within my breast and pining makes me desolate in destitution lane ecstasy Sore maltreats my soul and yearning burns my sprite and tears betray love's secrecy which i would lief contain i weet no way i know no case that can make light my load or heal my wasting body or cast out from me this bane a hell of fire is in my heart up flames with lambent tongue and as furnace fires within my liver-place have ta'en. O thou exaggerating blame for what befell enough, I bear with patience whatsoever hath writ for me the pen. I swear by Allah never to find aught comfort for their loss. Tis oath of passion's children, and their oath are never in vain. O night, salam so meet to friends, and let to them be known. OF THEE TRUE KNOWLEDGE HOW I WAKE, AND WAKING EVER wone. MEANWHILE THE HERMIT SAID TO UNS AL-WUJUD, GO DOWN TO THE palm grove IN THE VALLEY, AND FETCH SOME FIBER. SO HE WENT, AND RETURNED WITH THE PALM-FIBER, WHICH THE HERMIT TOOK, AND TWISTING INTO ROPES, MAKE THEREWITH A NET, SUCH AS IS USED FOR CARRYING A STRAW, AFTER WHICH HE SAID, O UNS AL-WUJUD, in the heart of the valley groweth a gourd, Which springeth up, and drieth upon its roots. Go down there, and fill this sack with their wind, Then tie it together, and casting it into the water, Embark thereon, and make for the midst of the sea. So haply thou shalt win thy wish, For whoso never ventureth shall not have what he seeketh. I hear and obey, answered Uns then he bade the hermit farewell, after the holy man had prayed for him, and betaking himself to the soul of the valley, did as his adviser had counselled him, made the sack, launched it upon the water, and pushed from shore. Then there arose a wind which drave him out to sea till he was lost to the hermit's view, and he ceased not float over the abysses of the ocean, one billow tossing him up, and another bearing him down. And he beholding the while the dangers and marvels of the deep for the space of three days at the end of that time fate cast him upon the mount of the bereft mother where he landed giddy and tottering like a chick unfledged and at the last of his strength for hunger and thirst but finding there streams flowing and birds on the branches cooing and fruit-laden trees in clusters and singly growing he ate of the fruits and drank of the rills. Then he walked on till he saw some white thing afar off, and making for it found that it was a strongly fortified castle. So he went up to the gate, and seeing it locked, sat down by it. And there he sat for three days, when, behold, the gate opened, and an eunuch came out, who, finding Uns al there seated, said to him, whence camest thou and who brought thee hither quoth he from ispahan and i was voyaging with merchandise when my ship was wrecked and the waves cast me upon the farther side of this island whereupon the eunuch wept and embraced him saying allah preserve thee o thou friendly face ispahan is mine own country and i have there a cousin the daughter of my father's brother, whom I loved from my childhood, and cherished with fond affection. But a people stronger than we fell upon us in foray, and taking me among other booty, cut off my yard, and sold me for a castrato, whilst I was yet a lad, and this is how I came to be in such case. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the Three Hundred and Seventy sixth Night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious King, that the eunuch who came forth from the castle where Rose in Hood was confined told Unsalwujud all his tale and said, The raiders who captured me cut off my yard and sold me for a castrato, and this is how I came to be in such case and after saluting him and wishing him long life the eunuch carried him into the courtyard of the castle where he saw a great tank of water surrounded by trees on whose branches hung cages of silver with doors of gold and therein words were warbling and singing the praises of the requiting king and when he came to the first cage he looked in and lo a turtle-dove on seeing him raised her voice and cried out saying o thou bounty fraught whereat he fell down fainting and after coming to himself he sighed heavily and recited these couplets o turtle thou like me art thou distraught then pray the lord and sing o bounty fraught would i knew and thy moan were sign of joy or cry of love desire in heart inwrought and moan thou pining for a lover gone who left thee woe begone to pine in thought or if like me hast lost thy fondest friend and severance long desire to memory brought o allah guard a faithful lover's lot i will not leave her though my bones go rot then after ending his verses he fainted again and presently reviving he went on to the second cage, wherein he found a ring-dove. When it saw him, it sang out, O Eternal, I thank thee. And he groaned and recited these couplets. I heard a ring chanting plaintively, I thank thee, O Eternal, for this misery. Haply, perchance, may Allah of his grace, send me by this long round my love to see. Full oft she comes with honeyed lips dark red, And heaps up low upon love's ardency. Quoth I, while longing fires flame high and fierce, In heart and wasting life's vitality, And tears like goats of blood go railing down, In torrents over cheeks now pale of glee. None ever trod earth that was not born to woe, but I will patient dream mine agony, so help me Allah till that happy day, when with my mistress I unite shall be, then will I spend my good on lover whites, who are of my tribe and of the faith of me, and loose the very birds from Yale set free, and change my grief for gladdest gree and glee. Then he went on to the third cage, wherein he found a mocking bird which, when it saw him, set up a song, and he recited the following couplets. Pleaseth me, yon Hazar, of mocking strain, Like voice of lover pained by love in vain. Woes me for lovers, and how many men, By nights and pine and passion low are lain. As thou by stress of love they had been made, mournless and sleepless by their pain and bane when i went daft for him who conquered me and pined for him who proved of proudest strain my tears in streams down trickled and i cried these long linked tears bind like an adamant chain grew concupiscence severance long and i lost patience hordes and grief waxed sovereign if justice bide in world and me unite with him I love and allah veil a stain, I'll strip my clothes that he my form shall sight with parting distance grief how poor of plight. Then he went to the fourth cage where he found a bulbul which at sight of him began to sway to and fro and sing its plaintive descant AND WHEN HE HEARD HIS COMPLAINT HE BURST INTO TEARS AND REPEATED THESE COUPLETS. THE BULBUL'S NOTE WHEN AS DAWN IS NIGH, TELLS THE LOVER FROM STRAINS OF STRINGS TO FLY. COMPLAINETH FOR PASSION UNSAL FOR PINE THAT WOULD BEING TO HIM DENY. HOW MANY STRAIN DO WE HEAR, WHOSE SOUND SOFTEN STONES AND THE ROCK CAN MOLLIFY. And the breeze of morning that sweetly speaks of meadows in flowered greenery, and scents and sounds in the morning tide, of birds and ciphers in fragrance vie, But I think of one of an absent friend, and tears ray like rain from a showery sky, and the flamey tongues in my breast uprise, as sparks from gleed that in dark air fly allah deign vouchsafe to a lover distraught some day the face of his dear to descry for lovers indeed no excuse is clear save excuse of sight and excuse of eye then he walked on a little and came to a goodly cage then which was no goodlier there and in it a culver of the forest that is to say a wood-pigeon the bird renowned among birds, as the minstrel of love-longing, with a collar of jewels about its neck, marvellous, fine, and fair. He considered it a while, and, seeing it absently brooding in its cage, he shed tears and repeated these couplets. O culver of copse, with salams I greet! O brother of lovers, who woe must weet! I love a gazelle who is slender slim, Whose glances for keenest the skim her beat, For her love are my heart and my vitals afire, And my frame consumes in love's fever heat. The sweet taste of food is unlawful for me, And forbidden is slumber, unlawful is sweet. Endurance and solace have travelled from me, And love homes in my heart, and grief takes firm seat. How shall life deal joy when they flee my sight, who are joy and gladness and life and sprite? As soon as Uns Alvudjod had ended his verse, and Sharazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 5. Read by Lars Rolander.